it's a gloomy Wednesday evening, I feel like that's the perfect time to talk about childhood trauma. Welcome back to the Anxious Therapist podcast, a safe space where we believe vulnerability is the key to happiness. I think it's worth being said that when we hear the phrase childhood trauma, it is not only things such as physical or sexual abuse or neglect. Remember, trauma is something that significantly changes the way that your brain functions. So you experienced a real or perceived life threat that your brain then literally transformed itself in response to and altered the way your brain functions. That is worth being said because a lot of people are not acknowledging their traumas. Uh, Someone had it worse than me. Well, my parents never hit me. They didn't put me down or call me names. So I must not have experienced any trauma. And that's not true. Um, One thing that's really important to consider is that as we're adults navigating this life, we often are faced with triggers. Our a significant other will say something to us in a tone that brings up something directly from childhood. Maybe the way a parent spoke to you, or I've talked about this in the past where uh, I get really triggered anytime someone uh, says, oh, you're judging me. Stop being so judgmental or uses the word judgy uh, in reference to me and my behaviors and, you know, the an interaction they're having with me. That is directly linked to a childhood trauma that I have in which I was trying to get a need met of mine and I was told that I was being judgy. So even things like that are traumatic because in a moment when I was trying to be emotionally vulnerable and it was not met with the support and connection that I was looking for in childhood. So then my brain looked at that and was like, oh, that's not safe. You're not safe because you're not being heard and seen. And now we have to adapt the way we function in order to continue living within this environment. So as adults, when those triggers come up, it's easy to dismiss them because it seems silly almost. It feels really juvenile. You're like, why am I getting so worked up about something? Why is this bothering me so much? It wasn't even that big of a deal. But those feelings and those experiences are entirely valid because that little child is still alive within you. And that was a very real experience that they had. And your brain's being reminded of it in this moment and responding because it still feels unsafe. So 
when we're talking about childhood trauma, it is a spectrum, it right? It's not black or white, um, and it's not, you know, what's traumatic for one person's brain is not always traumatic for someone else's. So you don't get to decide what I've identified as my traumas or you've identified as yours or someone else has identified as theirs. Uh, it is such a personal and unique experience. And I think that that's worth being said as we approach this topic. I feel like I want to love on my parents and my family for a second because as much as I talk about pains from my childhood, I also recognize that I had an incredible life. I've always been loved and supported and valued. I've always been appreciated and nourished and taken care of. And that is not something that I take for granted or that I take lightly. I can honor those things as being true while also recognizing that there are very real moments in my life where my emotional needs went unmet. And the true might be the same might be true for you right? That you love your family and you love your parents and you maybe still have awesome relationships with them, but there's also hurt there. And that can be really confusing to navigate. So I just want to remind you that you're not alone. I have the best relationship with my parents that I've ever had in my entire life now as a 30-year-old because of the healing work that I've put in. Because I can empathize with why I was treated the way that I was treated. And um, I talk a lot about generational traumas and shit that they went through that they didn't have a chance to heal from that became my responsibility, right? And those things need to be said because I don't think people talk about that. The complexity of loving your parents while also honoring your own hurt and... You know, I think the internet and social media makes it seem like if anyone in your life is toxic or has hurt you and caused you pain, like you got to cut them off. And I just don't think that's a reality for most of us. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without my family, without my parents. And I love them so much. They've shaped me into who I am. And so the idea of cutting them off feels really gross to me just because... I I experienced some pain in my childhood. <clears throat> so those are things that I've addressed and worked through. Um, I, I take that on as my own accountability to heal from those things. And I will never anticipate nor expect acknowledgments for that pain from my family. Because uh, one, I don't think it was done maliciously where they're thinking about it now, thinking like, oh, yeah, remember that time I I purposely did not meet her emotional needs? You know, remember that time I wasn't able to be there for her and and I I missed the signs of anxiety and depression? Like, I don't expect that they have that cognitive awareness. (laughs) So how could they apologize for something that wasn't malicious where I truly believe that they were doing the best that they could at the time, given the resources and skills that they had. 
that's just my approach. You might feel entirely different and that's okay and valid too. But I have a feeling a lot of people relate to what I'm saying right now and hopefully you needed to hear that. So as we're exploring childhood trauma and the way that it impacts our lives as adults, one of the biggest things that comes up is like, Jacqueline, how do I, how do I deal with it? How do I explore this? Because I know it's impacting my self-esteem. It's impacting my own mental health, but also my relationships, my daily functioning. And maybe you're like me and now you're a parent too. And it's impacting um, the way you parent and how you see your relationship with your own child. So I think this is a really powerful time to explore um, a situation that I was in, gosh, this is probably going on six or seven years ago, um, where I was doing therapy with a client and her lived experiences at that time that she was currently going through mirrored some of my own experiences and I found myself in a supervisor's office sobbing my face off because I resonated with her so much. I was like, I literally know what she's going through. And in that moment, I had to come to the deep realization that I needed to address my own shit if I was going to be in service to her. Because if you're over-relating to a client in a therapy session you get these biases and these blinders on and it doesn't allow you to be fully present for them. So I knew at that moment that I needed to start taking care of my own stuff. And I'm now feeling the same thing in my relationship with Lars, my son, he's one and a half. And every single time that he is having a tantrum or um, melting down and I find that I'm not able to co-regulate with him, because I'm emotionally dysregulated, right? Where I'm like trying to take deep breaths or I have to look at my husband and say, I need to take a break for a second. Um, or I'm being impatient, right? He's, he's tantruming, he's melting down on the floor and I'm just like, come on, buddy. Like, it's, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal, like, right? And I am invalidating his experience. I'm literally triggering myself because the second I invalidate him, It's like my childhood comes flooding back to times when somebody said, stop crying, there's no reason to cry, Um, or I'd find myself in my bedroom crying alone, trying to resolve it myself, Um, you know, wiping my eyes and blowing my nose before returning to the living room to hang out with the family because I didn't want anyone to know that I had, again, been the emotional crying child who could never seem to get it together, who was constantly a mess. And I am so, (laughs) it's like on a magnifying glass, right? When Lars is having an experience and I'm not able to take care of my own emotional regulation in that moment so that I can be there for him. And that's triggering because I don't want to ever be that. I don't ever want to invalidate him or make him feel like he's alone to navigate big emotions. And so something that I'm doing now is 
reflecting on ways to better support him and and take care of him. But life has this tricky way of exposing us to our triggers, exposing us to the wounds that need healing um, so that we can address them. And it does so in all kinds of ways. You might find yourself triggered at work or in your romantic relationships or with your friends, with your own kids, whatever it might be. But your brain is going to react the same way as it did when you were a helpless child. Because it is being reminded of a time where you did not feel safe. And so red flags are going off everywhere. Your brain saying, this is not a good situation. Get out, run, fight back, right? Fight, flight, freeze. That's how your brain communicates with you when you've experienced these types of trauma. So when those situations with Lars, he's melting down and I look at my husband and say, I need to step away for a second. Now there's no shame in tapping out. There's, you know, he's able to be there and calm and, you know, be an amazing parent and be present for Lars in those moments when I can't. That's teamwork. That's amazing. And it's like a little nudge from the universe for me. Like, hey, this is still hard for you because it still requires addressing. You still need to take a look at this because our brain is still reacting as if you're unsafe around these big emotions. And logically, I know I'm not, right? Logically, I know that it's very developmentally appropriate for my son to be having these meltdowns. He's frustrated. He feels like he's communicating perfectly clearly to me what he wants or needs in that moment, but I'm not understanding him and I'm not doing what he needs or he wants to continue whacking me in the head with a toy and I'm telling him no I can't let you hurt mama right and I'm I'm holding him back from from harming me and he doesn't get that like his cognition isn't there yet so developmentally it's right on track for him to melt down but sometimes it gets to be too much for my brain So in these moments, it's more than just taking a deep breath and calming ourselves. It's an exploration. Why was that bothering? Why was that so triggering for me? You know, what came up for me? And sometimes that looks like a conversation with my husband. Sometimes that's processing with my therapist and going back into my own childhood wounds and exploring those with her in that safe space. But whatever it is, journaling, um, you know, meditating, whatever works for you, it's important that we don't dismiss those signs. We need to start listening to when our brain is communicating with us. When our brain's saying, hey, this feels familiar. I've experienced this before. I don't like it. I don't think we're safe. So much trauma work is about rewiring your brain to say, hey, yes, you're right. You're right. As a child in those situations, it didn't feel safe because you were left to uh, your own devices. You know, someone wasn't there to validate your emotions and say, I'm here for you and hold that safe space. So you had to fend for yourself. 
And that felt dangerous. That was scary. It was isolating and, and lonesome. And you're not that person anymore. Now you have support and resources and you're able to regulate your emotions. That rewiring piece to teach your brain, hey, I'm okay when it's triggered. Hey, I know this feels familiar. I know this feels scary. It's just like it did when we were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. It feels just like that. I know. But we're good. I promise. I'm good. That, that learning for your brain is what is so beautiful about trauma healing. The neuroplasticity, right? The, the way in which your brain changes is incredible. This is why healing is possible because nothing is permanent in your brain when it comes to that. You can teach your brain to feel safe again. You get me started talking about trauma and I can't stop. So if you have any additional questions, feel free to send them my way. I'd love to address them in a future episode or even send you a direct message back in return about your experiences. If you love this episode, it goes a long way if you would share it with a friend or post it on your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag me at The Anxious Therapist. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for having tough, vulnerable conversations. I love you guys, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.